Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swim. He starred in it. Ooh, Ooh now we're getting some background. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's loud. You turned something up way too high. It's that. Okay, there we go. All right. Uh, go ahead, Jackie. Continue. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. Now she can hear. Okay. Okay. So anyway, this, uh, the show we're doing this summer, it's uh, June 28th through the 30th at the Roland Dill Center for the Arts in Moorhead. And it's called Dogfight the Musical. It's a show by Benji Pasek and Justin Paul. And they are very famous songwriters that have worked on very familiar um, creations, uh, Dear Heaven Hansen. They did songs from La La Land, The Greatest Showman. Uh, so the songs in this musical are beautiful. And it, the the show takes place... In the 1960s in Vietnam, or uh, right before the Vietnam War. And you want me to keep on uh, talking and tell you about the show? Yeah, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't sure if we were having technical problems or not. No, not, not now. We're good. The, okay. the boss is here. so. Okay, excellent, excellent. So the, the musical, it takes place uh, in the 1960s, and it's, it's about three Marines being shipped off to the war in Vietnam. And the night before they are shipped off, they you know, are, are immature young men. I mean, really not uh, 
not not grown intellectually and emotionally, and and they decide to play a very mm, uh, inappropriate, cruel game by uh, putting putting all their money in a pot and making a bet on who can bring the ugliest woman to a dance. Uh, so obviously that's that's really cruel and it's it's human nature at its worst. But the main characters in the show, they both, the the Marine and the woman that he picks out, they are the featured characters of the show. And, and even though, though it was an awful, awful beginning to their relationship, they both come to a great realization and awareness about themselves. Both of them grow from this awful experience of being part of a cruel game. Uh, where the, the the marine learns the power of respect and compassion, and the woman he, she's a waitress. The woman he picks for the ugliest ugliest date contest, uh, she learns things about herself, about about being a stronger person, and don't allow others to define you. So it's it's powerful and it's a beautiful, and the music is beautiful. And I know that Sam, the actor that's here with me, he plays the lead. Um, the lead marine uh, in this show, and I, I just know that he's going to do just a beautiful job with, with the, the heart and the compassion and the feeling of the whole show. So now, Sam, are you the so you're the so you're the main character? So you are you the one that brings the uh, the ugliest gal to the dance, so to speak? Um, she doesn't actually win, so <laughs> but he tries. <laughs> yeah, he brings yes, he. Uh, he he is one of the three Marines who uh, brings a date um, and then ends up feeling regret for it um, soon in. And then uh, um, as the play progresses, I don't want to reveal too much, but kind of ends up uh, realizing the wrongs of um, this uh, game, the dogfight. It's, um, it's an actual tradition that I guess is... Uh, I, I don't know. They talked about it at the beginning of the script that it's like um, an actual game that has been a part of military tradition, um, and so. But he realizes kind of the wrongs of that, and uh, um, yeah, changes his ways. And so the story begins with him trying to bring an ugly date, and then by the end, he wants to go on an actual date with her. Uh, Jackie Shaw and uh, Sam um, is our guest here. We're on 89.1 Kins FM. we got about uh, 30 minutes here with uh, uh, our in-studio guests, and I believe Granny is back now. We'll get to her in a second. But uh, I'm going to ask a couple more questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and then uh, we'll come back to me and ask a tougher question about the play. But So you're, you're the main character, so you your character – Learns the Arab's ways, basically, and you become the, would you say, the voice of reason um, in the uh, in the play? Um, I would say he's maybe, like, the example of the lesson learned. Like, um, I don't know that he ever says anything super wise throughout the whole show, uh, but he he does kind of lead as an example of someone who... Uh, started on the wrong side and kind of came to uh, viewing things from uh, another perspective. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very 
uh, you know, the the men he comes in with kind of have this. Uh, uh, there's a there's a conversation we had at the read through where, um, you know, the game itself is dehumanizing in its way, like it's uh, dehumanizing of women, um, and uh, uh, something that um, we kind of brought up is maybe in a way it's kind of um, like a preparation for going to war um, in a way of, you know, kind of building emotional callus. Um, that's something that I'm kind of playing with as I'm exploring the show, that uh, maybe it's hard to be too sensitive and caring, especially if, you're, if it's your last night before you know, going out to fight. And uh, the name of your character again is? Uh, Eddie Birdlace. Eddie Birdlace. Uh, I don't know if Granny can hear us. So we'll come to Granny in a second, but uh, uh, Matthias, uh, you're sitting right next to our guest, you lucky guy. Uh, what do you have uh, for our guest? Go ahead. We have Jackie and uh, Sam here. Well, first off, I wanted to welcome you both onto our show here, uh, live in our studio here. I'm feeling pretty warm. I don't know about you guys right now. Feel a little toasty, but can't complain. Uh, I guess my main question to both of you is, would be one of the uh, hardest projects you've both been able to work on in, in your history, whether it be working like a certain project or working as a certain character or like a certain challenge you both have faced uh, throughout your guys' careers doing this stuff? Cool. I'll turn that over to you because I'm I'm not an actor. Um, I work at a bank, <laughs> and uh, and I do different lots of volunteer work. So this is a a volunteer job with this with this nonprofit. But okay, I, w- I would say the challenge with any nonprofit with a theater is is raising awareness and money because you need money to put on shows and all of that. So you know, being on a, a show like this is very helpful because it just raises awareness again for us to do this. Or so, even like Icon was talking about the Maris Tournament. That is something where it takes money in... Cats walking around. Okay. Little kitties walking around somewhere. Uh, um, everybody, money wants, awareness. everybody wants to be part of this show, Jackie. I can tell. That's fabulous. But Jackie, I guess you could say that if... Uh, if, you, if someone needed someone that can act like a banker, they could hire you. <laughs> exactly, because yes. you know the role. I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> they're really boring. Oh, sorry, all my banker friends. Uh, no, it's it's not like acting. It's uh, it's you have to be pretty steady to be a banker. Hmm. Um, all right. So but, uh, yeah. So if you want to go ahead and uh, ask, uh, answer the question, then Sam, go yeah, ahead. Sam is the experienced actor, so. Um, uh, and. Uh, it's an interesting – the question uh, – I would say my biggest struggle has been uh, dealing with mental health. Uh, I, um, you know, I, I grew up doing theater and uh, went off to I, – I got my first undergrad in musical theater and uh, went off, you know, pursuing just acting. I, I wanted to do it for the rest of my life. Um, and I ended up running into uh, some – uh, pretty serious mental health stuff um, that I'm still navigating, um, and uh, so yeah, that's pretty easily the hardest thing. I um, I, I mentioned earlier that I haven't done a show in five years, and mm. I a lot of it was because I I didn't think I could anymore. Like um, I just I had been through enough that. Um, yeah, 
I, so I'm I'm really grateful to be getting to try this again. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we are so grateful to have Sam doing this show because he's really he's such a thoughtful thoughtful person and a thoughtful actor. And so I know what he can bring to this role is just the the depth of this character. <coughs> mm-hmm. That you know it's a it's a difficult character to play. But he I'm so excited that he's and he sings so beautifully. <laughs> Oh my heavens! Well, I was gonna kind of ask the same. So, like when you were saying you haven't been into a, you haven't done a play or anything for five years. Me being a professional wrestler, if I don't get in the ring every so often, I can easily develop ring rust. Is that kind of mm-hmm. the same with with acting? Do you think like now that you've been the first for five years, it's just making you more nervous, or do you think mm-hmm. like what do you think is more? Is it more of a challenge? Has it been quite a different? Yeah, yeah. What what I'm finding is. Um, I, I think when you're a performer and you've been performing so much, you develop kind of like a stage callus. Mm-hmm. Like like you like the like when I was doing it every day, you know, uh, multiple projects at a time. It was like uh, getting up in front of an audience like literally was unfazing. Like it was it was sometimes it was almost easier than just like navigating normal social interaction. Exactly. Um, and so now I'm in this place where I've been off for so long and. You know, uh, I get I was I was getting nervous for this interview. I, I get nervous for uh, I got nervous for the read through, and, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, no. Well, Sam, actually, uh, everybody gets nervous the first time they get to meet the icon, which is <laughs> which is normal. Uh, I remember well. People told me, uh, you know, before I was born, my parents were nervous about meeting me, too, but that's a story for another time. Uh, Anyone says I have the ego around here? I, I don't I don't really have that much of an ego, but, uh, you know, they, uh, Big Swing is listening, everybody. Uh, now, uh, uh, Granny can uh, hear us now, and, you know, you mentioned a little bit uh, uh, about mental health, and uh, I know that Granny is a big proponent of that. And, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guests, uh, Jackie and Sam? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. I hope everybody can hear me. I don't know what happened at the beginning of the show, but I was So you didn't miss your curfew? (laughs) No, I did not miss my curfew. I was actually waiting. I heard the music, and then all of a sudden I heard absolutely nothing. So I apologize. I missed the beginning of this interview. So I didn't hear a lot of what was said, but he's right when you're talking about mental health because I have a 35-year-old son who uh, was actually diagnosed with bipolar disorder at 11 years old, and then we recently found out about a year ago that he actually deals with autism spectrum disorder and unfortunately his autism was never discovered as a child when it should have been so i admire your admiration and your determination to fight through that kind of struggle you know i i know that's probably not easy for you you know and i you know admire that determination that you have you know that you're willing to be step up and be strong enough to be able to do acting and and everything like that. So kudos to you, sir. Thank you. 
Thank you, Granny. I don't even know who you are, but I love you. Those are just beautiful well, comments, and I hope, my, I hope the best my, for your son. My, my, yeah, well, you know, we're trying to help get him some help, you know, coming into his apartment. He does live on his own, but unfortunately, you know, my biggest fear is once my husband and I are gone, he is not going to have any kind of support to reach out to. And unfortunately, Arkansas... Um, is not the best state to deal with um, facilities to help people with mental health issues such as what my son deals with. But my real name is Lori Burt. My gimmick name is Granny Hulkster because um, I like to watch wrestling, you know, professional wrestling, so I'm a big wrestling fan. But um, I do enjoy doing what I do, so, you know, watching wrestling shows. But I've been a part of this podcast for probably over four years now, so I help every Monday night. So uh, We need to uh, take a quick time out to hear from one of our sponsors. So uh, we'll be back in 30 seconds with Jackie and Sam, and uh, come on back because we are here, and we will be right back. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. And we do want to thank Wood Spring Suites for sponsoring our great show here on 89.1 Kids FM. We're back here with uh, Jackie Shaw and uh, Sam, the uh, Oscar-winning performer. And uh, we're, we're going to talk more about the play here. I'm going to ask a few uh, uh, more tougher questions. Maybe you throw in a uh, try and do a joke or two, and then hopefully Big Swing won't hear them because I don't like the womp, womp, womp. But... Uh, how long, uh, you know, Jackie, you've uh, you've been working with the uh, theater for how long? Um, I've been on their board since 2017, 17, yeah. And and then COVID came and all of this, so the, so ACT UP really hasn't have been able to do a real full-blown musical for a few years. So this is why this this is extra special that that this is coming all coming together so nicely in in June. And uh, without uh, giving uh, ticket prices, uh, let us know how we can, uh, uh, how our listeners can uh, get tickets. And uh, I think you may have a few for giveaways. I think today. Oh yes, yeah, right. You can you can give away two tickets and uh, to however you would like to do that. And yeah, the tickets uh, they're available at the uh, at uh, Moorhead State University, um, Roland Dill uh, Center for the Arts, the box office there. Or you can go online and get them that way. Go to MSUM, uh, the, the arts, and, and online there. Or you can go to actuptheater.org. That's actuptheater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot O-R-G. And we have links for buying tickets there, too. And uh, when, when are the shows? Uh, June 28th, 29th, and 30th. So just three nights then? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, how many uh, how many seats uh, will be available uh, for the shows? Well, it's in this smaller theater, the more intimate theater, um, over oh. at the Roland Dill Center for the Arts, 
and I believe it seats about 350 or so. So, so it's it's going to be a real intimate, beautiful performance. And uh, Sam, are you uh, uh, when you? Uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about you know you mentioned you haven't done a play in uh, five years. I'm going to ask you a few things about uh, going on stage. Now you mentioned that you were nervous about uh, coming on for the interview. I can understand that because everybody's nervous because they have to meet me. I understand this. But uh, now do you um, do you still get uh, do you ever have uh, stage fright at all, or are, are you nervous during the whole show, or just at the beginning and then it kind of goes away? Uh, how do you prep for that for a big show? Um, uh, it's it's hard to know because it it really it does kind of feel like I'm I, I don't feel like I'm starting over. I just feel like I'm like digging really deep um, to kind of find those old muscles. Um, I was uh, I was like just doing work on the script before coming in here, uh, which is good because it kind of got me in the world of the show. Um, uh, but um, I think going into this process, I'm realizing that uh, you know back when I was doing it before, there was a level of like winging it I could do, uh, kind of you know uh, going into a script. Um, and so I think now uh, it's kind of fun. I'm like. I'm relying on a lot of techniques that I kind of like dismissed when I was in the heat of theater all the time. Uh, so I think because I, um, you know, it is kind of a leap of faith for me, you know, uh, to see like if I've still got it. Uh, I have a good feeling, um, but I'm definitely uh, relying on my technique and uh digging in with more vigor than I ever had um, in uh, the earlier shows. I'm I'm also realizing, too, like, having had five years of being a not-actor, I've had five years of, like, just getting to be a human for a bit, and that actually feels like a goldmine. Because mm. sometimes when you're acting all the time, you kind of forget, you're like, wait, what do normal people do? Like, what, like, who, I mean, I, I struggled with identity issues for a long time after, you know, like, uh, like, who am I, you know, uh, what do I want to do if it's not theater kind of thing. Um, and uh, also, like, uh, I remember when I was doing theater all the time, it used to be kind of hard for me to, to just, you know, live, like, like I didn't date a lot. I like um it was it was like it was hard for me to just be Sam like I cuz I was always kind of like in these different uh worlds and uh so I feel like now I'm in a place where you know I've been away from theater and I've also been through you know more hardship since the last time I was in a play than I ever had when I was acting. Um and so now I'm stepping into a character who uh does end up going through um, uh, really hard things. Um, and uh, just, I remember even in the callback, you know, there's a there's a song um, where he really just has to kind of unleash some pain. And, like, I have that pain now in a way that uh, I wouldn't have understood before. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, Jackie and Sam are our guests here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got uh, 14 minutes here with our guests here. Uh, and uh, for those of you who listen to our show, as you know, we have an assignment for you. If you go to our... 
Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to Ken's 89.1 page, like that. Do a $10 a month uh, donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you an autograph from a past guest, current guest, and a future guest. Now, uh, I know, Jackie, you mentioned about, uh, you know, not wanting to do any autographs. I understand that. Uh, even though uh, I do have your autograph in my wedding book, uh, but we'll talk <laughs> about that later. But, uh, Sam, I want to come to the show. Would you be, if I brought up, like, some programs, would you be willing to autograph those and we can use those for giveaways? I would be honored. That's a good life dream. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and yet he's never asked for mine yet. That's how it is. Well, That's how it is, Icon. Well, here's the, well, here's the deal. We're going to talk about you giving uh, giveaways here in a while. Uh, and, you know, speaking of uh, actors and actresses and directors, uh, not that I'm bragging here, but we do have a lot of actors and actors and directors coming on our show. And, uh, Sam, a lot of them still listen to the show, so... Uh, I know that uh, when I get uh, a message from one of them, I'm going to pitch you, and then maybe we can get you into uh, one of their upcoming movies. Uh, I would love to do that for you. And then uh, when you uh, decide that uh, you go you go Hollywood, you won't big time unless you'll still talk to us, and I'd be willing to be your agent. I'll come and carry your bags and get your cappuccino and all that other good stuff as well. And you might have a program signed by me. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So now, uh, when they um, when people come to the show, how long um, is the show usually? I know it, it can go a little variance because it's a live performance, but uh, what well, is it like? Slated for like an hour and a half, two hours? I would say so. I I, I have not seen the whole you know from start to finish, and how, there's dancing oh. in it, you know, singing and dancing and all sorts of things. So I, I'm guessing you're 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 right on the nose with the hour and a half to two hours. And uh, what time are the shows on those days? Um, it will be at 7.30. On all those days? On all those days. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it, it's an all-age show, obviously. Um, well, I would say, you know, teenagers and above. I would say, you know, younger than teenagers, probably be, the material would be a little too, too heavy. And uh, how many uh, actors are in the show? Oh, I think there's about uh, a dozen or so. Yeah. And uh, this, this, I know this may be kind of a weird question, Sam, because I'm sure you don't ever time it like I would. But uh, are you on are you on stage for most of the, the most of the time, or uh, half of the time, uh, a half and a quarter of the time? Um, how long will they see you? Um, a good amount of the time. Um, I think um, a lot of like a lot of the show is ensemble, um, and so I would say maybe. Uh, probably about half the scenes that aren't full ensemble are, uh, so I'd say I'd probably about like two thirds to three fourths. And uh, how many? You, you mentioned you uh, do you just sing one song, or how many songs do you sing in the show? I sing many. Many. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. And uh, when uh, is is there a favorite song that in the play that you're singing? Yeah. Um, as I. The I mean all the music is beautiful. Um, uh, I don't know if you have yeah uh, the shows that Jackie mentioned. They're just uh, brilliant composers. Um, I'll say my favorite song is is a song called First Date Last Night, which is a duet and uh, it's the first date. Um, it's you know it's uh, so the female character that um, he brings to the party and then ends up going on an actual date with. Um, her name is Rose, and so 
it's their first date, or it's, I think it's her first date um, uh, that she's ever been on. Um, and it's also his last night in town. So it's a beautiful duet, and most of the song is actually, like, inner monologues sung to themselves about the date because the actual date is very awkward. Um, but it's just beautifully written. And, and, and that's basically of your girl contest, right? Of, uh, sorry? That, that's the ugly girl contest, right? So this is after the contest, after he's seen the error in his ways, and decides to ask her on an actual date um, because he has feelings. And um, uh, and so then they go on an actual date, and they're kind of just, uh, it, it's basically like all of like the awkward, like uncomfortable feelings that most people probably, I don't know, it's, feelings that I get on dates. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, why am I doing this? Like, this is like, what was I thinking? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very well written, uh, very relatable. And the music is so pretty. And now if, uh, if Sam, if our, our fans, so we can do this, if our fans wanted to follow you and, uh, check you out and see what you're doing now in the future, do you have a Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, a TikTok? What uh, do you got? <laughs> Um, I resisted TikTok. I, um, I, I mostly am on Instagram. Uh, I do post music for fun here and there, uh, just kind of as a therapy. So, uh, yeah, if you yeah, I sing a lot. Um, my Instagram is S-W-I-S-E-N-D-E-N. I think that's the full handle. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my name, basically. Um, yeah, but I have Facebook, and I have Facebook, too. Same with Instagram. Now, with with your singing, do you ever plan on like putting out a CD or? Um... I I have five songs. I have more than five songs, but I have five songs in particular that I have wanted to. One of them, Jackie's daughter, helped me. She wrote uh, a verse in it, and so um, I have a dream of you know letting this be an EP and. Maybe Natalie singing on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's um, uh, I've been carrying these songs for a while, and I just I perform. Uh, I teach at Amp School of Music, and so we have like an open mic night every month. And uh, the other month, I performed. Uh, I was performing my songs again, and I actually had one of my songs requested by someone who had been there before. So. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll tell you what, Sam. At the end of the show, here's what here's what we're gonna do. Because uh, uh, I know that people are are curious, and you're singing. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have you back on with us, and you're not leaving yet. We still got uh, eight minutes here on 89.1 Ken's FM with Jackie and uh, Sam. What I'd like to do is have you back on the show in studio with us, and maybe you can sing us a few songs, and uh, maybe uh, our our boss might be willing to do a little Facebook Live performance for that. I would love that. Awesome, and we will definitely do that. Not that I'm bragging, but we do have fans. Uh, fans. We do well. We have fans, but we have guest booked from now until the end of 2023. Not uh, that I'm bragging here, but I will get you in way before that. I promise you. And uh, uh, I'll get your contact information before you go, and then we'll uh, then we'll be friends. And uh, like I say, when we get you in Hollywood, I can be your manager, and we can both ma- become millionaires. Sounds great. Awesome. <laughs> Take a plan. Yeah, we we're we're still here on eighty nine point one Kens FM. We got uh, seven minutes with uh, Jackie and Sham, Sam. Sorry, uh, so Jackie, I'm going to ask you a few more questions now. Uh, being on the uh, board of directors for the theater, did they did 
did you have to get like voted on? Uh, did you apply? I'm just kind of curious how you got on the board because I know the reason the, you're on the Rogers Marist because, and I'm not just saying this because you're here. You're, you're always going to be. Uh, you and our friend Roger are always going to be the best committee members ever. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. You know it's true. But <laughs> how did you uh, get on uh, this particular committee? Well, uh, asked by asked by someone on the board. Someone asked if I'd be interested um, because I have – Jim and I have uh, two daughters that are into theater. They're actually living in New York now and pursuing theater and music and creative and television careers and – and all of that. So, um, you know, when when you have a somebody in the community that's kind of passionate about those things, plus I have the experience of being on that Roger Mayer's tournament committee, which was a tremendous experience. I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, then, you know, it just kind of all fit together. And how many years were you on the Roger Mayer's again? I started in '98, and then my last year was in 2005. And uh, we, we do miss you a lot, and you know that, and you know my father real well. And I do want to wish a happy Memorial Day to my dad and yes. to all the those that served, uh, past, present, and future. Uh, it is Memorial Day. We want to wish a happy Memorial Day, and I know my dad is listening. And, uh, of course, Jack, you know me and my dad would always come out to the Raj Maris. Uh, of course, my dad would always be in one spot and you'd always see me running around getting autographs of all the uh celebrities mm -hmm. that would come in and uh not that i'm bragging here again but uh once a summer once a weekend uh end of june during the summer i get to be part of the maris family and uh they've also watched me grow up and uh we all love the roger maris uh family oh my gosh yes yes uh tremendous family um just so loving, and they care so much about Fargo. They would not have to continue to do this event at all. They do, they certainly don't need to, but they do, and they come back, and it means so much to them to uh, make the Fargo community better with Shanley and Hospice and, and all the charities that uh, benefit from it, the Roger Maris Cancer Center, of course. And, of course, everybody knows I, I love all of Roger Maris' sons, and I love his daughters, Pat and Susan, but... Uh, you know, I, I love all the boys, but, of course, the one that has the, the most special place in my heart, of course, will always be Randy, mm -hmm. who was born during the 61 season. Sorry, Roger. Uh, I love you, too. But, uh, you know, I've, I've actually taken more pictures with Randy than I have with anybody else. So uh, I love Randy, and I love all the boys. And, of course, we love Pat, too. And uh, she's... Uh, <clears throat> every every summer that I see her, it's it's just great seeing her, and she always says hi, and she's always willing to talk, and all the boys are uh, willing to uh, talk to you about their dad, about the tournament, um, and like I say, uh, I've always been, I have not missed a tournament since it started, and I will continue um, to join that, but uh, we'll get back to our guests here. we got uh, just a few minutes here. And, uh, Jackie, there is one, uh, and then, Sam, uh, I know you're on Facebook, you mentioned, so if you want to send me a friend's request, I'll make you a collector's card, uh, too, like I did for Jackie. I just got to ask Jackie because it's kind of an ego thing. People say I do have an ego around here. Uh, that card I made for you with, uh, with your uh, Angel Oscar, uh, what did you think of that? I love it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You're so creative. And I was just kind of curious, what is it that you're holding? I, I was kind of curious. Oh, that's something my sister made for me. It's a little angel to put in my flower garden. 
So, yeah, it's just a little a little angel, kind of like an angel sitting on a bowling ball is what it looks like. I love it. Oh, thank you. And uh, Jackie and Sam's our guests here. Oh, we're on 89.1 Ken's FM. We just got a few minutes. So uh, real quick here, uh, if you could give us a quick uh, rundown of uh, the name of the play, uh, when it is, where it is, uh, the times it is, and how they can get tickets, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll make sure we get all our fans out there for that. You got it. It is Dogfight the Musical, presented by Act Up Theater, directed by Craig A. Ellingson, who also directs at uh, Minnesota State University Moorhead and uh, the Straw Hat Players and, and all that. He's just tremendous. Vocal direction by Mara Campbell from NDSU. And it will be held June 28th through the 30th over at MSUM. And you can get your tickets at uh, mnstate.edu slash tickets. Or you can call Moorhead State at 218-477-2271. Or you can swing by the box office over at Moorhead State, 801 13th Street South in Moorhead. Or you can go to the Act Up Theater website, actuptheater.org, and get the tickets through that way. And we also have uh, two pickets, uh, pickets, right. Uh, we have two tickets that we're going to give away next week, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll give those away next week. Uh, I have a great contest uh, to win those tickets. And uh, you have to know a lot about uh, the theater. You have to know a lot about me. And... Uh, We'll talk about that next week. But uh, I'll tell you what, I do appreciate you guys joining us tonight, and uh, you guys have both been awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, Jackie, of course, you know I always love you and Jim. And, uh, uh, Sam, um, you now have the icon as a friend, and I hope you consider me a friend because we love you. And uh, I'm going to go uh, – uh, one thing I didn't ask, now, is it, uh, is, it, is it general mission or are they reserved seats? They are uh, reserved seats. Okay, so as everybody knows, I'm going to buy a ticket right in the first row. Um, so uh, when Sam sees me out there, he says, "Hey, the icon's here. I'm going to, I'm going to win my Oscar right now." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we got to hear from our uh, our sponsor. We'll be back in 30 seconds with our next guest. And uh, I thank uh, Jackie and Sam for oh. taking time out of your schedule to join us. Thank we love you. you guys. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we, we love will, you. And we will be back in 30 seconds. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, we are back. Sorry about that. And uh, we are going to go to our next guest waiting in the wings. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. The greatest comedian in the history of Fargo next to me. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man. He is Fred Bevel. What's happening? How are you, buddy? Hey, Fred. How's it going, bud? I'm doing well, my man. What's going on with you? How's everything? 
Well, not too bad. Uh, just uh, hosting this radio show, you know, I've always wanted to be famous, you know. And uh, here's what we're going to do, Fred. <laughs> if you want to do that uh, that uh, intro real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll have some fun with the interview here. Yeah, the, the script I, you sent me earlier? Yep, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Hey, this is Fred Bevel. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on... 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hey, buddy. How, so uh, here's what we're going to do, Fred. Uh, we're going to ha- let, let you give us a little background, and then we'll do a uh, – I'll ask a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and I'm going to come back and ask you the tougher questions. So go ahead, give All us right. a little background, and we'll have some fun with, uh, we'll have some fun with you. Well, not – much to say. I've been doing stand-up comedy most of my adult life. Been living in Fargo, North Dakota for the last 20 plus years. Married with two kids and uh, just living the life as a professional stand-up comedian. And uh, I probably shouldn't mention this, but uh, I I actually uh, I actually went to college with your wife uh, back in '98. Uh, that's right. Yeah, my wife uh, remembers you from her college days. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I that every, I time, used... every time we see you. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think I used to copy off her in history and uh, every other class we took together. She she was the only reason why I passed <laughs> the first year of college. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, copying Bill... off her for 20 years. <laughs> Fred Bevels, our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. we got uh, 28 minutes here with Fred. So now you've been uh, living in Fargo for the last 20 years, uh, and you you still do comedy. How often do you get out and do shows? Because, uh, unfortunately, we don't really have any comedy um, places around here anymore. Uh, you know, I know you used to be the head guy at Courtney's when we had that, but mm-hmm. – uh, how often do you get out and uh, do shows and do travels and uh, kind of take uh, us through what uh, your schedule is like? I, my schedule has been crazy since since the restart has, has picked up. I spend a lot of time on cruise ships uh, these days. I also do corporate events and convention stuff. I haven't done those in a few years because of COVID. But uh, since since the world is opened back up, it's been primarily cruise ships and I've been gangbusters busy since last September through next March. I'm booked through. I'm actually just in a little bit of a, a hiatus right now, a nice little break, spending some much-needed time with my wife and kids and my own pillow. And then about late August, I'll get crazy again. And then, uh, yeah, the dates have been great. I've been very fortunate to be as busy as I am. But as far as working locally in in the Fargo area, not much, honestly. There, there are, like you just said, Scott. There's not really any comedy clubs in the area. Uh, I've done some charity shows and things like that, but not too much uh, going on in the Fargo Moorhead area for stand-up comedy right now. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, COVID in a little bit after we do the roundtable. You know, the interesting thing, Fred, is uh, there was. Um, and uh, we won't we won't bore people with it. And I don't want to bore you with it, but I uh, I'm one of the few people that can say that they actually had a nationally syndicated comedian come and uh, 
do a private performance for their wedding. And uh, I, I will, you know, and they actually did a roast of me at my wedding. And uh, I guess that's the way they figured that people would get there. Why not do a roast of the icon when he's getting married so his wife can uh, have mm-hmm. second thoughts if she wants to? But I made sure the roast came after she said, I do, instead of I don't. <laughs> right, smart man. Uh, Fred Bevel's our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM. we got uh, 24 minutes here. Now, uh, I'm gonna, we'll do a quick little uh, roundtable here, then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. So, uh, Granny Hulkster, I know you're still out there. Uh, what do you have for our guest, Fred Bevel? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on here. Thanks uh, for having me. Most, Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, what's the most interesting thing about being a comedian that you find enjoyable? Oh, and you can't say you this know, show because that'd be uh, too easy. Right. No, of course. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know that the, the pregame is a lot of fun. My my favorite, I've said this before and other mediums, like my favorite part of the show is right before I go on stage, right before the, 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 te- the technicians pull in the curtain back for me and step out on stage. And, you know, working cruise ships, as much as I've worked, it's it's no question made me a better comedian because I'm performing in front of people from all over the United States and different parts of the world as opposed to just, you know, the Fargo-Moorhead area or a 15-mile radius of whatever club I might be playing somewhere. So, uh, you know, it's definitely trained me to be a better writer or more broader writer and just a better comedian overall. That's awesome. Uh, we need to take a quick pause to do a quick little, uh, a quick little legal thing here, and we'll be right back after these uh, messages from our station. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we are back here with the greatest comedian in the history of Fargo, Fred Bevel. And uh, Granny, do you have another question? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. Okay. Uh, now we're gonna, uh, Fred. We're gonna go to our uh, our resident wrestler, independent wrestler, also known as a human pincushion. He can explain that if he wants to. But uh, what yeah. do you have for our guest, there, Matthias? Go ahead. I, I know that Fred would like to hear about that. Well, I just. All right. Well, I'll tell you that story in just a second. But you are talking to Matthias, the man from every woman's dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel and North Dakota's number one professional wrestler here. Um, Welcome on to the show. It's nice having you on. Um, I'll explain the story real quick before I get on my questions. So uh, at a previous show for Puffamania um, Wrestling Association out in Valley City, I took on a man known as Danny Duggan, hotshot Danny Duggan, in a no-holds-barred contest. And, uh, well, at the end of the show, I, I had a special bag of thumbtacks with me uh, to include in my match and uh, set him up on a table, and I was going to splash through and hit uh, icon, or, um, excuse me, hotshot with a big splash. He ended up hitting me in the uh, nether regions, and I was kind of dazed for a second. He took the thumbtacks, poured them onto the table, and uh, 
I ended up doing a big old front flip into the table, which did not break. So that is why I am known as a human pick cushion because I've landed on thumbtacks uh, quite often throughout my career. So that's the explanation of that story. Um, but my that main question like it for you, oh, it's it, it, it uh when your adrenaline is flowing through, you don't feel the tacks really. But then when you uh when you get to the back and they're uh, plucking them out with pliers and such, yeah, then you start to feel that a little bit. Um, oh man! <laughs> but my uh, my main question to you would be, um, what was one of your uh, favorite shows uh, that you've ever been able to perform at, whether it be the venue or the crowd? Like, what was one of your favorite um, events you got to ever work, and Bes- why? Besides this one, right? No, obviously besides this. Uh, that's a great <laughs> question. I don't get that very often. Now, that's a really great question. You know, one one show that'll always have a special place for me. It was my very first big show, and that was opening for Jeff Dunham uh, many years wow. ago. We're talking early two thousands at the uh, Juno Civic Center in Juno, Alaska. That's and there awesome. were five thousand people in the in the in the Civic Center, and they had jumbotrons hanging from the ceiling so the back half of the room could see the show and. You know, I knew there would be 5,000 people there, but when you when you see 5,000 seats all set up, it really kind of slaps you in the face with reality. And then just to, to perform in front of that many people for the first time, to just, you know, it's it's not like getting laughs in a comedy club. It's this, this huge wave of sound that just, just tackles you. It, it's just an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. Um and then you know working with great guys like uh, Louis Anderson and 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 Jeff Jeff was wonderful and and I've worked with Jerry Seinfeld and I've gotten to work uh, with a lot of great great comedians over the years who've all given me great advice over the years that I've taken so there's a lot of great memories there but as far as venue goes I would have to say that Civic Center just because it was my first big show. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of curious, you know, you, opening for Jeff Dunham. Did you get, did you get dissed by Walter or Jose Jalapeno or <laughs> Kenneth or? No, 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 not at all. It was it was just you know I went up, I did like 25 minutes, and then uh, and then there was like a five minute pause. Uh, I saw Jeff before and in between, and uh, and then he went out and just rocked it for like an hour and a half. And then proceeded to well, make like a billion dollars on T-shirts and hats and little dolls and things like that. Well, you know the reason why the show was so popular is because you were the opening act. We know this. Uh, right, we have Fred yeah, Bubbles, I guess. Who, yeah, we have Fred Bubbles, <laughs> hey, I guess. Icon, we got four hundred eighty-nine. Really quick. Yes. Really quick, Icon. Uh-huh. You know, Go you ahead. were talking about you know how Matthias is a wrestler and everything. Well, Granny is not a wrestler, but I am a big, huge wrestling fan. And I got a funny story to share with you guys, being that we have a stand-up comedian with us, you know, tonight. Oh, boy. My, hey, my, hey, no, hey no, Fred, no, get ready to use it. Fred, get ready to use it in your act. Now, listen, okay? Listen, okay? My mother Texas! was visiting here. Oh, shut up, Raiders! Shut up, Big Swing. Okay, we're not going to go there. <laughs> but my mother was visiting from Kansas for about a week and a half. 
And we took her to Wrestling for a Cause Saturday night, even though she really couldn't see a lot, but she could hear what was going on. Well, one of the wrestlers, Wesley Crane, which he's a heel, Matthias, just like you. Well, and, I love him then. You know, he kept, he kept, he kept saying, "What, what, what was that that you were saying? What was it?" He says, "I'm sorry." He says, "I must have been going deaf, just like your mother." So. Ooh. But, she, but yeah, yeah, that was. But you know what? But she had a very good time. And the founder of Wrestling for a Cause, Tim Rockwell, actually came over and talked to her before the show and gave my mother an autographed picture of him so she could take back home to Kansas with her for attend that for attending that show Saturday night. So just wanted to share that little tidbit of information about Granny. Now we do have a place here in Arkansas where I live that uh, is a comedy club. If you ever make it to Arkansas, I can get you the information, the name of the place, and they do stand-up comedy a lot. You know, I've never been there to see any of their comedians, but I know it's a pretty popular place from what I've heard other people yeah. say that actually has been there. Yeah, no, Arkansas is a, a, a pretty good comedy state, actually. I've been to Arkansas several times over the years. I I can't remember off the top of my head what the club is there, but uh, I know there was an well, improv. Well, in, there was a there's a place and, called it's called the Groove, I think is the name of it, and they do stand up oh, okay. comedy comedy there. So interesting. Yeah, I'll I'll turn my agency onto it. I'm not really, you know, honestly, I don't do comedy clubs so much anymore. It's just it's a money thing, really. It's a business decision. There's just not a lot yeah. of money in them. Um, and you know, you're on, it, it's your dime traveling to and from the comedy clubs and, and what you need in between, all that stuff. So, so yeah, uh, it, you know, my bread and butter these days have been cruise ships. The pay is great. They fly me from Fargo to wherever I need to be and home again. Uh, or, or I do corporate venues in Vegas and, and convention work and things like that. I've done a lot of USO tours for the military over the years as well. Uh, but comedy clubs are certainly where you cut your teeth. That's where you learn how to deal with the crowds and how you learn to be able to forecast what's going to be funny and what, what isn't as you go on. For sure. You know, Fred Bevel's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We've got 15 minutes. You know, uh, Fred, you know, you mentioned being on cruise ships. You know, uh, as you know, I used to do some stand-up comedian, and uh, uh, I always used to say that uh, my comedy shows were going to be gigantic, but they were more titanic. Uh, anyway, thanks, Big Swing. Uh, so, uh, so, Fred, now, uh, I'm just kind of curious. We, we won't... Uh, touch too much on it but you know during covid you obviously the clubs weren't obviously open and you couldn't really get out and do anything uh did you do like virtual shows uh how how did you stay busy during that time i didn't stay busy at all during that time i mean the whole world was closed i mean no sporting leagues were happening all the cruise ships were parked no no businesses were open let alone comedy clubs where people are going to sit in a small room together and laugh. I mean, that's, that would be unheard of. That's, you know, in, 
a few years ago. But uh, and they're still not fully recovered, unfortunately. And and a lot of clubs got lost during that business closure too. Uh, and uh, so yeah, I just tried to just tried to get through it day by day, like everybody else. Uh, and being on cruise ships, uh, do they still have COVID protocol on cruise ships? I'm just kind of curious because, you know, actually on a cruise ship, you're actually closer together all the time. Yeah, it's very communal on a cruise ship, but it's a very clean environment. I mean, there's always people wiping things down and, and spraying things. And, I mean, they're just, there's just always cleaning happening around you. Uh, but as far as COVID protocols, yeah, people have to present a, a vaccination card. Uh, and they have to present a negative COVID test, I think, within 72 hours of the ship leaving. Um, and then some people need to get tested again coming back because they're flying internationally or things like that. In the earlier days of the restart, there was regularly testing like every other day, and there was testing at the pier before people could board. So they've, you know, gotten lax on that. But for the most part, uh you know, COVID's been on just about every ship I've been on since I've been back. But the their protocols on board the cruise ship are very good. You know, they isolate people right away, make them comfortable, and then, you know, just keep them separated from others and avoid a big ship-wide outbreak. So, so would you say that you could probably break the world's record for most times being tested then? I've been tested a lot, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, you know, sometimes four times a week for a few months there. It it's, it was very frequent. Wow. Uh, 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 Fred Bubbles, our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM. Uh, Fred, we have a, a special caller here that has a question for you, uh, and he's out of the state of New York. Uh, what do you have for our guest there, caller? Go ahead. Well, uh, it's kind of tough um, knowing – what to ask when I'm, I'm just able to finally jump on. I don't know what has already been. I don't want to reiterate questions and, and, and waste anybody's time here, but um, what I'm gathering is we're talking to a stand-up comic. Yes, the uh, the best uh, comedian to ever come out of the city of Fargo, North Dakota. Yes, Fred Bevel. Oh, he's from Fargo. Oh, he's one of, he's one of you. Oh, he's from Fargo. Okay. So then, let Not me originally, ask though. This, well, 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 then let me ask this question before I ask any others. Uh, the icon is he? Is he as popular as he says he is in the city of Fargo? Fred, that was your question. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, being the only professional comedian, I, I it's. I might be the only professional comedian in North Dakota. I have no idea. <laughs> I just no, 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 like Scott Icon is, is the icon. Well, no, he asked if the icon was as popular as I say I am. Oh yeah, easily, no question. Really? Okay, that's oh, good to know because sometimes for radio there's embellishment like that. You know, <laughs> people put on personas for the radio. I do it all the time. Um, oh, he's and, a legend. Uh, Okay, beautiful, beautiful, good icon. I'm glad because, you know, if 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 uh, we we might have to, you know, bust your balls a little harder on the air if you weren't uh, actually that case. And so for stand up comedy, um, what? And again, if I if this was asked already, I apologize. 
what got you into it? Why did you decide you wanted to be a stand-up comic? And and kind of take us through that, like some of your inspirations and motivations and, and people you looked up to. And again, if it was already asked, I do apologize. No, no, that one wasn't asked uh, yet. It, uh, you know, I mean, just I couldn't imagine doing anything else, honestly. It, just from growing up, I grew up in Lake Tahoe, California, which is a small casino town in the woods, really. And so, you know, I spent my teenage years just sitting in the back of the cocktail lounges watching the comedians of the day do their thing. And mm-hmm. and back then, you know, the comedians of the day were Sinbad and Paul Reiser and Jerry Seinfeld and Elaine Boozler. I mean, they were just club comics then. Bill Maher. Uh, and, and yeah, I just was really a big fan of it, and just really wanted to just to do that, and leaned on all of those guys for inspiration and and motivation, and then just started grinding the open mic nights in Los Angeles while I was going through college, and then started working one nighters in the Pacific Northwest through Idaho and Montana and Oregon and Washington State, and then graduated up to comedy clubs, and then. Met my bride here in Fargo, North Dakota, and here we are. You ever been uh, out here to New York? Yeah, I've been to New York many times. I love New York City. It's uh, it's it definitely it, it, it's uh, a mecca of entertainment for sure. Um, just like LA, you know, it, it's a lot of the same. And I guess I well, you know, but not, not so much for stand. If 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 I were a stand-up starting out today, New York would where be where I would want to be. I, and New York comic yeah, well, can do so six, seven sets clubs. a night. Yeah. yeah, you could do six, seven sets a night in in a matter of a few hours in a subway pass. In, in L.A., uh, there's just not a lot of stage time for for stand-ups. You know, a lot of guys are just kind oh, of really? inventing their own their own gigs. You know, they're you know they're in Chinese uh, buffets or laundromats still. I mean, I mean, there's the big club, the, you know, the showcase club. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, Caroline's in New York is, but, uh, you, you know, you could uh, be on the list and then get bumped and there's your time for the week, you know, so. Oh, see, I, I would have thought that the big cities like New York, L.A., Chicago, uh, you know, Miami, that they're all sort of similar with how they work, uh, Vegas, you know, things like that. Well, Vegas is a different animal, of course, but um, how they're all different. Yeah, Vegas, you know, Vegas is like. a good place. Vegas has a lot of good open mics, too. Nothing like New York, though. And L.A. is probably the worst on the list. Florida is fantastic. Not just wow. the Miami area, but just the whole southern the southern peninsula there is. I mean, if you're a young comic starting today, South Florida is a really good place to be. Uh, but only second wow. to New York. That's that's still the crown de la crown. Uh, Fred Bevel's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We got about uh, six minutes uh, left with Fred, and I wish it was uh, six more years because you have been uh, you have been a great uh, friend to me, Fred, and I do appreciate that. Uh, of course, I remember yeah, the first time I really met you. Realize our, do people really even know our history? Do they, they don't. even realize that we've known each other like 20 plus years? Like, well, back when yeah. I first back came when, to the yeah. Fargo Moorhead area. Yeah, yeah remember Scott I was asked one of the you. First people I met. Yeah, remember I called you Mr. Bevel. Yeah, like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, kind of like, well, I was producing the Ben and Jim show back then when you were in right. studio with us. Awesome. 
<laughs> Fred Bevel's our guest here. We've got about five minutes. So we can do this here so I don't lose track. If our fans wanted to check out CJ, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, a I'll Never Do Icon Show Again page. What do you got? All of that, man, all of that. And it's all just my name, Fred Bevel everything. B-E-V-I-L-L is the spelling of the last name. Uh, just, yeah, and my website is fredbevel.com. <clears throat> But all of my social media, everything is is just my name. And uh, is there any comedian uh, that you r- would really like to open for? Or uh, And then the other part of that question, is there a comedian that you opened for that you never thought you'd get to that you did? Yeah, you know, Seinfeld was a big one, probably the biggest on my list, actually. Uh, and that was back in the, in the late 90s. Uh, and, uh, you know, back then I don't think I appreciated it as much as I would now if I got to open for him now. Um, but I still did appreciate it, no question. I mean, he was a legend even then. Um, comedians I would love to work with, you know, I'm a huge Patton Oswalt fan, a huge Jim Gaffigan fan. Um, guys, any guys like that that I've just looked up to as far as writers and performers go. Those are those are probably my two top lists. And one thing that I always ask every comedian that's been on here, uh, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer the question, but, uh, you know, sometimes when you go to a show, you have hecklers. How do you yourself handle a heckler? Gosh, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no pat answer to that. There's no, there's no A, B, or C kind of an answer to that. It's really just what the situation is and, and I, I tell you this, it's more of a technique than 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 a slam or a line. And I usually uh, just kind of treat a heckler like I'm a therapist and, and just ask them what's the problem, what's wrong, are they okay, and, you know, just kind of go from there and, and then just kind of work, work off of what they give back. Uh, but, you know, you just don't really see heckling that often in, in comedy clubs. In my show which, you know, you can see YouTube clips of it on my website and, and on my YouTube channel. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's fairly audience interactive. I, I'll use the audience a lot for segues and, and things like that. But um, as far as uh, out-and-out heckling goes, like some guy from left field just hates you and, and wants you to know about it, gosh, I haven't experienced that and. Forever. I mean, you got to go back to the to the old roughneck bar gigs in Pocatello, you know, Idaho. You know. <laughs> you know, if you remember when you uh, when you used to perform at Courtney's, uh, there used to be a Thursday show, uh, a Friday show, and no, there used to be a Friday show, two Saturday shows, and one Sunday show. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember back that far. But if you remember, I was always the guy on the first table. Uh, for every one of your shows when you were there. And uh, I remember on your third show, you looked over me and said, hey, you're in the front row again. Uh, Don't you have any dates or anything? And I'm like, yeah, she's waiting to talk to you in the back. (laughs) Right. And remember, everybody everybody booed me. You know, it's like, I... Okay, I I guess I'll just sit here and drink my Shirley Temple and have a good time. Uh, oh, I don't remember anybody booing anybody. That's but 
no one booed anybody. You're just joking about that. But yeah, the uh, right. No, you you were a staple at Courtney's Comedy Club back in the day. Yeah, you were always there. You're, you've always been a huge live stand-up fan. And the sad thing is, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, I wish we had a, a a comedy club here in Fargo anymore. Uh, we don't really anymore, which is a sad thing. Um, but all, me and myself working five jobs, I'd never get to go to them anymore anyway. But uh, we have uh, Fred uh, Bevels, our guest here. we got about uh, 60 seconds. And uh, uh, we do have a, uh, a uh, assignment for everybody. If you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Air Monday Live Monday like that, go to 89.1 Ken's FM page like that, uh, do a $10 a month power to power the tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win a uh, pair of tickets or an autograph from past guests, current guests, and a future guest. Uh, Fred, would you be willing to uh, donate a few uh, autographs for giveaways? Of course. Whatever you need, Scott. Anything. Okay. All right. And I will uh, I'll send you the address. And then uh, uh, one last thing here. Do you, um, is there any chance in the future that you will be doing any uh, events around Fargo here or close to it? Or what is the closest place you will be to us? You know, there's nothing on the books right now uh, for the surrounding areas, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I tell you, it's, it's, if something does pop up, because, you know, bars are starting to pick things up, venues are starting to pick things up more and more, if something pops up, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know and ask your help in promoting it. Well, I'll tell you what, next time we'll have you in the studio then. How's that sound? Sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Fred, you've been awesome. I appreciate it. I want to thank you for being a, a great friend, and uh, I hope you like that collector's card I made for you. You're awesome, and uh, uh, I'll probably see you sometime this summer at maybe a baseball game or two. Uh, you'll definitely see me out at Newman Outdoor for sure. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I really had a great time. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate it. All Take right, care. Fred Bevel, ladies and gentlemen, great thing. We've we got a great guest coming up here, uh, but first uh, we need to uh, hear from uh, one of our sponsors, and we will be back after these messages with a very special guest. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have Mike Myers' mom. We have Sandy Johnson. Hey, this is Sandy Johnson, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM, with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you, Sandy? I am great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, here's what we're going to do of here. Course. Uh, we have uh, Sandy Johnson as our guest here. we got uh, 33 minutes here with Sandy, maybe a little more, give or take. 
but uh, what we're going to do is have you give us a little background about yourself, and then I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, then we're going to come back to me, I'm going to ask you the more difficult questions. <laughs> okay. So go ahead, give us a little background there. Okay, well, let's see. I was born in Texas. I then moved to California where I made several films, Gas Pump Girls, Hot, Halloween, of course. And then I moved back to Texas where I became a teacher for special needs students teaching science, hands-on science. And then I retired from that, and now I am uh, getting ready to make some more movies. And uh, I'm doing the con circuit and just having a wonderful time. And uh, Sandy Johnson is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And, uh, uh, well, we, we, got, we, got, we got plenty of time with Sandy. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things you're most famous for, and uh, we'll talk about this too, uh, actually, the first time I ever saw you uh, in a movie uh, was on, and I'll understand if you, you hang up after I say this, but the first <laughs> time I ever saw you in a movie was on USA Up All Night, hosted by Gilbert Gottfried, and I saw the movie, the edited version of the movie Hots. Ah. And I, I, I fell in love with you from that moment. <laughs> Well, that was a fun movie. I enjoyed that role, being a a uh, not so nice sorority girl was kind of out of character me, out of character for me. So it kind of made it fun to be someone else. And uh, actually, my uh, you probably could guess my favorite scene in that movie was the football scene. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. And. Uh, being ed- uh, not not that you care, but uh, on the edited version, seeing all that stuff just blacked out, it looked like everybody's wearing electrical tape. It was, it was, it was uh, everybody. You gotta go check out the movie Hots from 1979. She played Stephanie, and uh, she's awesome. Now, um, let's talk about uh, probably your big breakout role. Uh, you played Judith Myers, 1978, in the movie Halloween. And uh, you're also in uh, the 2018 Halloween movie. Uh, kind of take us through how you got that role for the movie. Okay. Well, I was I had done Playboy in '74, and I received um, a lot of attention after that. <laughs> we'll say so. A lot of. Um, you know, modeling jobs and different things, commercials, and and were coming up. And I was with the Playboy agency, and I guess that John Carpenter was looking for someone who was comfortable um, doing nudes. So I was called in by the agency to be interviewed, and I read for several parts. And uh, it was was an interesting interview. They had me uh, scream. And it was a residential area, and I thought that that was different. <laughs> and I kind of wondered what the neighbors thought. But uh, anyway, I thought the interview went fine. And then a couple days later, my agent called and said that I had been cast as Judith Myers. So I was very happy about that. 
And uh, at the time, he did not know how popular the film was going to be, obviously. The the cool thing I always thought about the movie was the the fact that they used William Shat- Shatner's mask painted white with the eyes cut out. I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, right. And uh, now when people... Uh, well, I'll, I'll ask those questions later. Uh, we're going to do a roundtable here in a second, but... Uh, and now I'm going to ask you more about uh, working with John Carpenter. Of course, my favorite John Carpenter movie, not only was uh, Halloween with you in it, but uh, my other favorite John Carpenter movie will always be uh, Big Trouble in Little China. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about John Carpenter uh, in a little while. But uh, first, let's do a roundtable, then we'll come back to me, and then uh, I'll ask you the tougher questions about some of the other stuff you've been involved in. But, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest? We have Judith Myers, a.k.a. Uh, Mrs. Johnson, and uh, she's not wearing a dress too high today, but Sandy Johnson, what do you have for our guest? Granny, go ahead. Well, welcome to our show. It's a pleasure to have you Thank on, you. and I do remember the movie Halloween very well. Um, so uh, her boyfriend actually you... took her on a date to that movie. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. I didn't. I I didn't date a lot when I was younger. You know, I mean, I just didn't date a lot. But that's okay. But what is, you know, some of your favorite? movies that you've done, your know, favorite parts that you've done in, you know, in most of your movies that you've done, that you've acted in? Um, well, I really liked um, Gas Pump Girls. I just so I did find I. that a fun, I, yeah, I find that a fun movie. I, I loved my part in it. Um, it was just, I don't know. It was a, it was at a time when you could just do a lot of stuff that you can't do now. It's just not politically correct anymore. So it was it was just fun and and free, and we danced and we we just had a great time. I had a lot of, of fun scenes. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed um, I really enjoyed being April in Gas Pump Girls, and I also that had uh, Kirsten Baker. Uh, who was in Friday the 13th 2, I think. And uh, she was just a sweetheart, just a cutie. So that was that was fun to, to have a, um, a scene, so many scenes with her. And, of course, um, let's see. Halloween, obviously. It was a ton of fun. The downstairs scene I thought, I just thought was really fun. I enjoyed the the flirting and the the lightheartedness of it, and just um, so yeah, that was fun and it was scary uh, upstairs. It was a an old house and it was dark, <laughs> and I could hear everybody coming to kill me. <laughs> so it was that was kind of a fun one. And let's see, that would be interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it I have. That, I have. I, I hear that every day. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> everybody's coming to kill you. <laughs> um, it was different because it wasn't a set. You know, a set is different than a house to me. So oh, yeah. being in a real bedroom. Oh, it wasn't a, a set. House, it was a real house. Yes, it was it a was real house. Yeah, yeah, the Myers it was. house. It was absolutely. We shot it in the real house. So. Um, 
it wasn't, you know, like a set where you can look around and you realize that you're not really where you, where they make you look like you are, but you're actually in the house with stairs and, and someone is coming up to get you. <laughs> that would be scary. That would be very scary. Yeah, so anyway, that was a, obviously a great role. I was uh, very happy to get it. And then, of course, Hots. I in, I definitely enjoyed the part of Stephanie. I had a lot of uh, scenes in that that I thought were a lot of fun. Uh, Me too. To play. Yeah, that was. And fun. I, I I love your role in Gas Pump Girls as April Showers. Um, that was also my, one of my favorites. Uh, Sandy Johnson is our guest here, and we're on eighty nine point one Kens FM. Uh, before we go to our uh, resonant uh, horror film guru. Um, uh, we'll let him ask a question here in a second, but, uh, you know, the, the thing about, uh, being, uh, cast in a horror film, uh, well, actually I'm going to, I'll, I'll save that. Uh, uh, our, like I say, our horror film guru is, uh, Matthias. Uh, I know you have plenty of questions for Judith Meyer, so, uh, go ahead, Matthias. What do you got? Go ahead. Well, first off, Icon, I do not want to sound rude in this, but... You said that she played Michael Myers' mom in the very first <laughs> film, and she does not die in that film, but when I come to find out now that I am talking to Judith Myers, Michael Myers' sister, the first and one of the most iconic kills in the history of horror, in one of the most iconic horror movies, that changed it significantly. So I want to welcome you onto the show. It is awesome being able to talk to you now. Uh, as Icon said, I am uh, a very, very, very big horror movie fan, and uh, Halloween is absolutely one of my absolute favorite horror films of all time, one of the most iconic. So uh, basically, my uh, I got two questions for you, but I'll lay off the first one here. My first okay. one is, how does it how does it feel knowing that like you are part of absolute horror history, like you are one in one of the biggest horror movies of all time not only a halloween movie but one of the biggest horror films of all time and you get to you got to work with like john carpenter and all that what what kind of experience was that how how was all that an experience wow well it's like two different worlds the first one um i was obviously very young john carpenter was not famous yet um nobody had a clue that it was going to to be anything but a low-budget horror film. Um, mm. So we all had a good time with it, and we, you know, used the new camera and, and did all of that. And then fast forward um, 40, now 43 or 4 years, I guess, and uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, the film is, you know, obviously internationally loved. Um, John Carpenter is one of the... Uh, best directors ever uh, and especially in the in the horror genre so it is a it's obviously uh, a huge responsibility to to um, have that position as as Judith Myers I obviously very proud of it I wouldn't trade it for anything it's made all the difference in my life my fans are just amazing, um, but it's such an important, like you say, iconic role that it, it's really interesting to be the person um, 
that fills that role, and it's it 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 really is important to me to uh, represent it well uh, in you know when when I'm out and about and stuff. I just take it very serious. It's, I just find it an important um, position. Yeah, because like as I was I was saying, I, Halloween is absolutely one of the most iconic horror films of all time because of the adaptation with the new camera. Plus, you've got the absolute legend of a theme before Michael Myers goes and and murders somebody and stuff like that. It's just it's such an iconic film, and it's just it's so cool being able to talk to the woman who has basically, in my opinion, one of the most iconic deaths in horror movie history in one of the most iconic movies of all time. Um, but and, my, of course, pun intended. <laughs> um, but then my second question is, I, I just got to ask this quick, are you familiar with a lot of the uh, horror movies throughout the years, like slashers and such? I um, was actually a big fan of horror movies when I was growing up, especially as a teenager. So a lot of the films from, from that time period, Psycho and The Shining and um, all of those, I loved spooky movies. So that's what I would do with my friends on the weekends and stuff with sleepovers. Then Okay, because um, I was – go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say as time went on and I was in college, I was so busy and stuff, I really didn't have a lot of time to watch anything. And then once I got through all of that, then now I get to watch them again. So I'm kind of happy about that. So I'm, I'm getting caught up on them. Okay, because I was going to ask, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Scream franchise at all, um, yeah. but I was going to ask, who do you think would, okay, who do you think would win in a battle between Final Girls, between Laurie Strode and Sidney Prescott? Ooh. Ooh, I have to be careful answering that question. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably are um, listening, as a matter of fact, so. Yes. <laughs> If, if that was true, I would beg both of them to come on to this show. I love Laura. I love Jamie Lee Curtis, and I love Nev Campbell. So if they can come on to this show, that would that would be my utter dream. So let's let them listen. <laughs> wow, that's really tough because I really do um, love them both. They're so talented. Um, I I guess Jamie Lee because she's just been in so many of the films and just. Um, I don't know. I I guess she just um, she's just such an icon that I, I I guess I would have to go with her. But I I truly love both of the franchises and the acting in both of them is just fabulous. So, but I, I guess I would have to go with Jamie Lee. Okay, and then I'll ask one more quick question. So have you seen the most recent uh, Halloween movies? Have you been keeping up with the franchise at all? And why weren't you in it? Yeah, good question. Um, I have. <laughs> I have I have watched, um, I guess I've seen almost all of them except for the Rob Zombie ones, only because okay. they say they're very violent, and violent isn't, you know, just over the top yeah. or really isn't my favorite. Okay, so I then like I'm a psychological go ahead. better. I so like I'm assuming you saw Halloween like, Kills. I did. Yes. So what did you think about that one? Like, what, what's your opinion about how they're taking this new direction with Mike Myers? Um, 
I liked the opening scene a lot with the firemen and mm-hmm. everything. I thought that was all really cool. After that, I don't know. It had it had lost for me some of my favorite things about Michael, and that is um, kind of the the stalking aspect that he's always done, and um, kind of the randomness of it. I don't know. There was and, and the I don't know the the uh, you're just never quite sure what he's going to do, you know. And in the new exactly. one, it just seems like he just killed everything he saw. <laughs> and okay, I don't I'm going to – gonna... okay, go ahead, quick, quick. Yeah, I was just going to say, it just seemed like kind of over the top to me. It was a different Michael for sure, and I wasn't yeah. sure that I really liked that Michael as well. Yeah, before I turn it over to Icon real quick, I just wanted to mention, like you said, he loses the shape – aspect where he's not a stalker he just goes out and he's just a killing machine and the one thing i did not like about the new one is when they have that mob scene at the end and he's just and and they're just beating him down beating him down beating him down into the ground and all of a sudden he just gets up and just murders like all 30 people in that that mob it made no sense to me yeah but go ahead icon uh yeah i go ahead uh, Sandy Johnson, our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. We do have a uh, we do have another uh, co-host here with us that's got a, a question for you. Uh, and then we're going to come back to me. I'm going to ask you the tougher questions, so be ready. Uh, don't hang okay. up. Uh, big, swing, uh, big swing out of New York. What do you have for our guest, uh, Sandy Johnson? Go ahead. Well, you know, huge horror movie fan myself. Um, you know, was a journalism major in college that used to write movie reviews and things on those, so... Uh, obviously very familiar with Judas, but uh, Icon, you you did pump it the last couple of weeks as the mother of Michael Myers. And to be honest with you, I, I wasn't super excited about the interview because she was on, she, she had like six seconds of screen time, if that. I don't even think we actually exactly. see her face. So I was like, huh, what am I going to say to this woman? You know, I mean, I had well, well, sure, it's like, it, I mean, how does it, how does it feel uh, to be on screen for six seconds? But no, it's uh, Judas. Say, uh, so, Thanks, thanks for pumping and, and, the ego up of our guest guys. Thank you guys. Really, that was really good. Yes, thanks. yes, yes. Sorry, no, Sandy. Well, well, Sorry about I'm the just, question. I'm just saying, you know. Um, but now that it's Judith as Messiah, it's one of the most iconic kills in, you know, horror movie history, which which is amazing. Uh, and sort of to touch on what he was saying a little bit as well with the newer movies as they went on. I mean, first of all, they made like 12 of the original, but I'm talking more of the you know, the, the Rob Zombie era type movies where it, it was more about blood and gore and guts and, you know, just killing everybody in his path instead of, you know, like you said, the original Michael. And I, I think they, they sort of got away from that to kind of appeal more to the new audience. And, and it was kind of a shame because uh, Halloween, the original, is my favorite horror movie uh, for all those elements, for the stalking aspect of it, for the... the you know, one minute he's there, one minute he's not. For the, you know, the the the, uh, the jump scare, and not just all the blood and gore and and all that. So, right. uh, I do love that. Um, but I was gonna say, and the one thing I was gonna ask, uh, a lot of a lot of actors and actresses, they they get a script, and they see it, and they say instantly, immediately, they know what this is gonna be a hit. This is gonna be an iconic, pun intended, movie. Um, for the ages, this is going to be something that's going to be special, or they look at it and go, eh, 
not really in doubt about this one. Like, like, did you did you feel any sort of way about that script when you when you first got it? Did you know the movie was going to become as huge as it was, or what were your thoughts going in on that? Um, I didn't. I I never. It's kind of interesting because when I was actually filming it, I did not know the full story. I really didn't know much beyond uh, that that this brother of mine was killing me. I didn't know that he was going to grow up to be a serial killer, any of that. So the first time I really saw the whole story was at the premiere. And uh-huh. um, uh, it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> it was like, it was very good. I mean, I really did love it. And it was very scary. And it was totally, I mean, I just, I had no idea going into it what, what it was going to be like because they, you know, they always kind of keep the scripts uh, a secret or they used to keep more so. Uh, oh, yeah, no, people can find anything nowadays with leaks stuff. Yeah, I mean, people people know about movies before they even are released nowadays. So, yeah, that that, that makes it even more, even better when, in, in, you know, in your areas. Yeah, so 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 yeah, I had no idea what the full story was, and so as it unfolded, I just it it was really good and and it really scared me, and it still scares me. I mean, I've seen it so many times, I never get tired of it, and uh, it's it's just always scary because it's just such. You a haven't movie. set the um, you haven't set the uh the the Halloween theme song tune as your ringtone on your phone, have you? <laughs> No, but my husband has. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I would too. I mean, that's it's so cool. Being married to Judith Myers must be just unbelievable. So I, of course, I'd have the theme song as my ringtone. Who wouldn't? <laughs> uh, Sandy Johnson's our guest here on eighty nine point one Ken's FM here, and uh, we got about uh, sixteen minutes here left with uh, Sandy. So now I'm going to uh, what they say, take over the show, take back over the show, and ask you some uh, of the tougher questions. The first question I have, uh, and I, I'm sure you're you are familiar as well as I am, because uh, I am uh, well in, in age. We have Granny, then me. Then uh, I think it's uh, Big Swing Nemathias or whatever. It doesn't matter. But uh, June of 74, you know which month I'm referring to, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, I'm just kind of curious. Do you still have the green baseball cap with an S on it? <laughs> well, it's funny. I did up until about a year ago, and I, it actually uh, sold at auction. Yeah, it was sold at auction. Um so now what I it's supposed to be in some man cave in Florida somewhere. But I um I now do uh green caps and I put an S on them and I sign them uh, on my website and it shows. But the original is uh, in a man cave somewhere as of last year. Now when you uh and I won't spend too much time on this cuz uh we you, well, because everybody else talked about the horror films, I want to talk about your other work, the stuff that I'm familiar with. Uh, okay. It, uh, and I know that makes me sound whatever, but anyway. Uh, now, when you uh, when you first were uh, uh, were in the in the uh, magazine, uh, what was it? Uh, did uh, did you have to send in pictures or? Uh, did you uh, just try out, and did you get to meet the Hef? I um, 
sent in pictures, and then they uh, they called me in after they had seen the pictures, and they did like a test shoot, you know, 30 minutes or so. And then they called me back within a month or two and said that, uh, yeah, they had decided to make me uh, Miss June of 74. So then we shot pictures in uh, California and also Chicago where the other mansion was. And they, I was stayed at the mansion for several days in, in, in uh, Chicago and just had a wonderful time. That was an amazing house. And then we did some different uh, promotional stuff uh, at different conventions and things. And let's see, we did all kinds of shoots in California at the beach and just at the mansion and in studio. So it was actually an amazing experience. And then after I did Playboy, of course, once you do that, you are for on the forever list to be invited to all the parties and everything at the mansion. So I was very lucky. I got to attend wonderful dinners and parties and just uh, really enjoyed all of my visits there. So, yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't know that uh, the issue, a lot of people say the reason why it sold so many copies is because it also featured the the Playmate of the Year uh, for the year. But the reason why it sold so many is because you're dressed in your in your your cute little baseball uniform. That's why it sold as many copies as it did because of you, not the Playmate of the Year. We just want to make that clear. <laughs> well, thank you. There, there. I do hear from a lot of fans who are big uh, baseball fans. And a lot of them, it is their favorite issue. So that's cool. And uh, another one of my favorite movies that you're in, and uh, I know everybody's going to say, well, geez, Icon, is that all you watch? No, it's not. But uh, another movie that you're in was uh, from 1978, uh, Jokes My Folks Never Told Me. Uh, you were with uh, Gary uh, Worley. Uh, what uh-huh. was that like being in that one? Um, it was also a lot of fun. I was a southern uh, girl which of course i am and i played a farmer's daughter and it was just a series of jokes it was just skits skit after skit after skit and of course they were all dirty jokes and at the time they were considered quite uh cutting edge and and just naughty (laughs) of course today they're they're pretty corny but at the time they weren't so yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, the the cast was was funny and fun, and uh, Worley was great. So yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of fun. And, and uh, other, go ahead, sorry. One other thing interesting about that is when I went to California, I I had a very southern accent, and of course the kids would make fun of me. Everybody made fun of me and stuff because of the accent. But it was kind of funny because that's why I got hired for that. I got the job because of that accent that was always <laughs> tormenting me. <laughs> uh, Sandy Johnson's our guest here. We got uh, eleven minutes uh, with Sandy, and to be honest with you, I wish it was eleven more years because uh, she's been honest and she has sent us some autographs for giveaways. We're going to be having our giveaway show in July, so everybody make sure you uh, listen for that. Now, I, I'm also kind of curious. Now, uh, 
and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show with us, but you are one of my favorite. Uh, I guess today they'd be classifi- uh, classified as grind flicks actresses. Uh, you know, <laughs> gas pump girls and hots and. Uh, you know, uh, Playboy, of course, and jokes that my mother's told me. But uh, I'm just kind of curious. Now, when you got to work with John Carpenter, can you tell us what it was like when you met John Carpenter for the first time and just working with him? Um, It was, of course, like I said, he wasn't famous or anything yet. So it wasn't um, like it would be today if I was going to make a film with him, for sure. It would would have a different feeling. But he was very good as a director. He definitely explained well what he wanted. Him and Deborah Hill would together act out what they wanted, how they wanted it staged, the uh, the feel of the scene. So they were they were very good at demonstrating exactly what they wanted. So I never felt you know unsure. And he was uh, he let you know when you know when it was what he wanted and that was and that it was as you were doing it that it was right it's what he wanted and encouraged you so yeah it was great I enjoyed both of them and uh, Sandy Johnson is our guest here and uh, we got uh, nine minutes here on eighty nine point one Ken's FM and uh, you know and we get, we do get uh, uh, most of our research information from imdb.com, so uh, you can correct us if any of this stuff is wrong, and then you might want to send a reprieve to them. But uh, not only um, uh, are, are you a brilliant actor, but you also have a Ph.D. from, uh, uh, from uh, I, what was it, uh, the University of Texas, was it? Um, I have, my, my Ph.D. is actually from Capella University. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it was, All it's right. an online, yeah, it's an online college. Um, my undergraduate work and my master's is from TCU. Okay. Uh, uh, that would be, for those of you who don't know that, I believe that would be Texas Christian University, TCU. Correct. And of course, that is not the armadillos. That's a complete. That's Texas State University. For those of you who are <laughs> it's, listening it's at home, it's the horned frogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, what, uh, what? 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 Do you have any uh, big projects coming up that uh, you can uh, tell us about, or uh, do you have to kind of keep those uh, under the wraps? Because uh, I, I do want to uh, ask you a few things that uh, we have listed as pre-production for you. Uh, bury the hatchet. Not, that's not burying the hatchet. That's bury the hatchet. B a r r y the hatchet as Miss Garrett. That's a pre-production. Uh, Creepers uh-huh. at the gym. I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, the executioner and uh, let's see. You play David's. No, that was that was a uh, post-production. Uh, Miss Henderson. No, that, no. And uh, the movie where you play David's mother. What is that? Volts. Of Lups, or how do you how a, do you say that? It's a scary in film. Hulk, uh, Vaults, the lust for revenge. I, I think it's going to be an excellent. That, that was the first one was the prologue, and it was it was really really good. And then and then they hired me to uh, be in the the sequel. So it has not been out yet, but the the prologue was really good. So I'm sure that the sequel will be will be good too. 
that's awesome. And uh, a few of the other things that uh, I'm kind of curious about, and uh, I know that uh, IMDb will add uh, uh, your appearance on this show to uh, your credits as yourself, but, you know, you've been on the Danny McDermott show. You've been on Hollywood Red Carpet Radio, Beam Me Up. Uh, you've been with Slasher Scotty, who's going to be a guest uh, on our guest. That would be Scott McCoy. He's going to be a guest on our show in, I believe, two months, I think. Uh, but uh, uh, you have uh, you have three films currently in uh, uh, pre-production. Um, when do you, are, you, are you currently filming now, or uh, have you started filming and you got to go back? Kind of take us through what uh, your schedule is like for the next couple months or weeks or the next year or so. <laughs> okay, the um, Barry the Hatchet is in the fourth or fifth day of filming. They're just doing preliminary stuff. So I have a lot of lines in that film. So I am working on getting ready for that one, and I'm assuming it's not going to be too long before I will fly out and shoot that one. And then I, I really like that. It's an, it's, it's an interesting horror film, and I, I really like um, my role as the mother of a... Uh, very troubled child. <laughs> um, so that that is a, that is an interesting role, and I like it. The other one, uh, the executioner, will film in Florida, and again, I have a lot of lines. It's a very interesting uh, role for me, and I am a psychiatrist. Again, working. You played Miss Henderson. Uh, yep. A troubled uh, fellow. <laughs> and um, let's creeps see. at the gym where you play where you play Stephanie again. Uh, creeps at the gym. Um, that one is a uh, UK film, and I was actually out there last year, and I did I sing one of the songs for the soundtrack. And so we recorded that while I was in the UK, and I, I think he just he just did a teaser release on it uh, a few days ago. So that was a ton of fun. It's uh, and we a have creepy. a and we have a we have a question in the chat room right now. If, can you verify that I am not one of the creeps from the gym in that movie? Can you verify that, please? <laughs> you are not one of the creeps in the gym. Thank you. Uh, I'm just the creep that calls you at two in the morning. Now, now I know. After you talked about uh, being in the Halloween film, now I know why you didn't like my calls at two in the morning, uh, because that's because uh, I believe you got hacked up at two thirty. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody, come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have uh, Sandy uh, Johnson as our guest here, and uh, you have been uh, so so wonderful and. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, we want to wish uh, you an early birthday. Uh, your birthday is on July 7th, uh, so about uh, a month and a week, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, it's coming up, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, uh, and think about this. She's, she's only 22 years old uh, on July 7th. Think about that, guys. It's going to be awesome. Uh <laughs> So um, we we only have, like I say, a few minutes here. If our fans want to check you out and see you and follow you, do you got a Facebook, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? <laughs> I have um, Facebook, V. 
the real Sandy Johnson. I have uh, Instagram, Unicorn Sandy J. And my website is unicornsandyj.com. And on there they can get autographed photos, autographed banner. They can send in things to have them signed. They can uh, link to my podcasts and watch them. Uh, just all kinds of stuff on there. Well, and when is your podcast so our, our fans can tune in? I, I know it's a little, it's much bigger than this one, but we're I think we're like a close like fiftieth or something. Uh, tell us about your podcast real quick so we can well, tune in. Um, well, that's not what I meant. I don't have a podcast, but they can link to the ones I've been on. Oh, okay. So you'll have a link to this one. Yes, I will. I have. Okay. Uh, I don't, I'm not totally caught up with all of them. But I do have a lot of them on there so far. And they can also see which what my upcoming cons are. They can see what my uh, upcoming films are. So I kind of keep it updated with what's going on. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy to know uh, I just went on eBay for $49 plus $5 shipping. I just bought the issue that you were in. And uh, hopefully you'll let me send it to you so you can autograph that. I would definitely appreciate that. <laughs> All right. I will put it right next to my autographed copy of China's Sables and um, um, why? Why? Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. She's another wrestler. Uh, I, I I can't believe that I forgot her name. Uh, but anyway, uh, we have we only have a few uh, seconds here, Sandy. So uh, we uh, do thank you for joining us. You have been most uh, awesome and most pleasant. And uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. And uh, if you ever need uh, anybody on set to uh, go get your coffee, carry your bags, get your cappuccino, (laughs) massage feet, whatever it is, uh, you have my number. I would love to come out and do that for you. I'll uh, take care of anything you need. (laughs) All right. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy. We love you. Have a good night. Appreciate it. You too. Bye. All right, Sandy Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I I guess I don't know why I thought it was Mike Myers' mom. Uh, I, at, you know, uh, it's been so long since I saw that movie. Um, I, I that was my mistake. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, but we only have a few minutes here. We're gonna uh, today is Memorial Day, and once again, we want to wish a happy Memorial Day uh, to all the uh, current, past and future service members of our country. Uh, It's your service that allows us to do this show, to live in a country of the free because of the brave. And I also want to send out a special shout-out to my father. Uh, Most men never get to meet their hero. I was raised by mine. And uh, also uh, a shout-out upstairs to my favorite uncles Clayton and Dwayne my dad's brothers who passed away uh, several years ago uh, but I, me- I remember all three men today and every day of my life so uh, until next week uh, we want you all to be safe love each other care for each other and uh, uh, come back and join us next week uh, I, I want to announce that we will not be having a live show on July 4th uh, we'll have a replay from one of our past shows, we hope. Uh, but until then, we're going to um, end our show with a special tribute song 
to all those on this Memorial Day. Uh, once again, I want to thank you, Matthias, for being with us, and you'll be with us next week, right? That's the plan. And, uh, Granny, you'll be with us next week as well, right? As far as I know. All right. Well, I'll tell everybody uh, we're going to sign off with this special tribute to all the soldiers out there, and uh, we'll see you all next week. And remember, thanks for listening to 89.1 Gens FM, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday. American heart, and it's time we stand.